Okay, welcome back, pool fans from across the country and around the world. You are listening to American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond, coming at you from the windy city of Chicago, Illinois. It is May 18th, 2017. We have a nice little show for you today. We're going to be talking with uh, Mr. Mike DeShane. You guys might uh, recognize that name from somewhere. And uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Chris Schwartz out on the West Coast about uh, his uh, swing-a-ding-ding that he's got going on there. But first, I'm going to send some happy birthdays out to Mr. Lou Butera, who is, you know, Machine Gun Lou, no longer with us. Uh, his birthday was the 15th a couple days ago. Uh, he would have been 80 years old. Happy birthday, Lou. And Gene uh, Balukas five-time world champion her birthday's coming up on the 28th so uh and i won't tell you how old she's gonna be <laughs> happy birthday gene belucas um may 18th also means did you know on this day exactly on this day 135 years ago matter of fact the calendar is even uh the days are falling on the same day of the week may 18th 1882 was a Thursday, just like it is this year. So on May 18th, Thursday, was the final day of a tournament that was taking place in New York City. The first time that a championship tournament was ever held in this country where the game was 8-ball. They didn't call it 8-ball back then, though. They called it 8-ball pyramid or pyramid 8-ball. You would rack 15 balls just like you do with the standard 8-ball rack today. Except the object was to be the first one to knock 8 balls in, out of the rack. And they didn't matter which ones they were because they were all the same color. Obviously the difference now is we have the stripes and the solids and the black 8-ball. Back then there was no stripes and solids and there was no black 8-ball. So they would rack the balls just the same as you do with 8-ball today. And just be the first contestant to shoot eight of them in before the other guy did. So it was the first time and possibly the last <laughs> that that particular version of uh, the game had ever been played in the United States. It was in New York City, 33rd and Broadway at Republican Hall. Uh, they played a series of matches against each other where you had to win, um, well, it was best of 21 21 games. So they played 21 games. You had to get, you know, 11 or 12 to win. The field uh, was 10 different players, and the uh, the prize was actually $750, and the championship uh, medal, as it were. 750 bucks, you know, in 1882 probably was pretty decent money, but uh, the contestants were Albert Frey, who actually won the whole thing, John Denkelman, George Sutton, Jake Schaefer, which now some of you history nuts out there might recognize his name. Jacob Schaefer, they called him the wizard because he was absolutely extraordinary billiard player. But he did not play pocket billiards very well, apparently. So in this tournament, Mr. Schaefer, as much of a wizard as he was, he only came in fourth. Thomas Wallace, Eugene Carter, John Bessinger, Samuel Knight, Charlie Schaefer, which is... Uh, Jake Schaefer's brother came in ninth, and Albert Lambert. So that's what happened on this day 
1882. We'll be right back with Mr. Mike DeShane right after this. Alright, welcome back everybody, and I've got Mr. Mike DeShane on the phone. What's going on, Mike? Nothing much. What's going on, David? How you doing? Just enjoying the spring weather, man. This is just... <laughs> it is the... It's the first day of sun here in Maine. Yeah, man. This is... Uh, finally, we get to go outside with a pair of shorts on and not go into conniption. You know, it's uh, this is really nice. Now, you're all... um, You're in Maine. Uh, what area up in Maine? I'm up in central Maine, right around uh, Waterville, Augusta. Waterville, okay. Where I grew up. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And that's where you're originally from? I am, yeah. Wow. Born and raised. You're like PGA's a, classic billiards. You're like a real, actual Yankee, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. An actual Northeasterner. That's, that's interesting. I am... Uh, the exact opposite. I was born uh, near the coast of Texas and was raised there most of my okay. life. So. Extreme polar opposites, as they say. Um, Definitely. So what's going on with you? Uh, what have you been up to? I've been uh, been hanging out just up here in Maine doing a little bit of a real estate thing with uh, a couple homes and rental properties. Okay. And uh, occasionally playing in a pool tournament and giving lessons now. Oh, okay, so, yeah. Kind of just taking a break from the game. Oh, okay. Well, I heard somebody saying, I, you know, rumors and innuendos. I heard somebody say something about Mike DeShane is practically retired, and I thought, well, that's kind of silly. Yeah, you know, it's 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 crossed my mind a few times. You know, I just I, I would like to to go towards something else in my life. You know, I put a lot of energy into pool, and uh, it's paid off greatly, and I've had a great time. Sure. Um, I'm not sure if I'm retired. I don't know if I'm going to come back. It's it's up in the air, but uh, you know, I do love the game, so it'll always be a piece, uh, part of me. So, well, sure. I think it'd be hard to get it out of your blood at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that uh, you know, obviously, the vast majority of the public doesn't get to hang out with you and have dinner so they don't know what's going on in your life was there something that brought you to this uh i need a hiatus decision well you know it's 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 the game itself you know it's just i don't see it moving forward you know it's not progressing the way i would wish it could be yeah. and uh and uh, i just it's the same story same song and dance every time i go to a tournament and i just you know i just was uh I had enough of it, you know. I just need to take a, a break and and uh, just view it as an outsider for for a year or so, just to see, you know, is it making leaps and bounds towards the direction that I think it should go in, and is so, it something that I really want to be a part of? So, right, just sitting back, enjoying the show, and, and, and waiting to uh, see what see what happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, uh, let's see. You said you were giving some lessons uh, a little bit there. Um, do you guys stick mostly to is it like general instruction type stuff or specific to a game? Well, it's specific to the individual, you know, because I'm giving lessons all across the board with their skill levels. Uh, yeah. I've had some, some great players come to me, and I've had some some um, amateurs come to me. And, uh, you know, I can teach them both the same, and, they, and they're both 
love what I can teach. So it's it's just based on the individual and uh, what they need to incorporate in their game to become better. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I, I suppose it is very individualized because uh, yeah, everybody learns different. Everybody's at a different place on the ladder, so to speak. You know, so absolutely. Well, that's cool, man. I uh, I was hoping to uh, get you over here to Chicago at some point and, and take some of your money. So if you, <laughs> if you... yeah, <laughs> actually, I've only been to Chicago for the the trade show. Yeah, that's so, the only time I've only been to Chicago. Yeah, I've never played in a tournament there. Oh, okay. So we've got I a couple of yeah, we got a couple of pool halls here that I have to introduce you to and. Uh, Definitely. You just let your game go and, and relax, and I'll get really good. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I'll be coming in and playing in the amateur tournament next year. Yeah. I think that's how it, that'll work. You Ooh, know, as well. <laughs> that's a good. Yeah, that might be a good racket right there. Just come in and change your name, you know, to uh, Mike uh, Deshaun or something. So the, yes. You know. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's kind of funny, man. That that would actually be pretty funny if you tried it. You know, like who's this guy? He's really. I think good. that's been done by a professional pool player in the past. I don't know who. <laughs> I'm not going to say names, but I'm pretty sure a professional male took a shot at dressing up like a woman and playing on a woman's tour. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. <laughs> I did hear about I this. Is true. <laughs> that's well, maybe yeah, maybe you can change your name to. Um, you know, Marla DeShane or something like that. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> that uh, would be damn funny, actually. It's Mike DeShane as a woman. Oh, no. You know, I, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, really, I would pay to see something like that. It, like, if we knew that you could get away with it at least once, I would pay to see that stuff. The problem is you can't bail on it. You know, you can't just change your mind and say, hey, you know, I'm going to uh, yeah. become a woman and play on a women's tour. <laughs> Go back to playing on the men's tour as a man. You can't do that. No. <laughs> you got to commit. <laughs> oh, man. that I mean, with the way that some of this stuff has gone, I'm actually not surprised that it hasn't been tried more than once. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Who knows? It's probably happening. Uh, well, yeah, even better. You know, who do we know that looks kind of like a man I mean, I mean we're kind of like a woman yeah, <laughs> it's I have no clue <laughs> it's a possibility that's uh i'm gonna have to take a second look at earl you know he might actually be not yeah maybe that's uh, not really earl oh, that's interesting yeah. well um what's her name Lori john uh took a break from the game for a while sort of sounded similar to what you were describing where she yeah. kind of was like it wasn't necessarily burnout but kind of disenchanted and dissatisfied with uh you know the way the status quo as it were and uh it was almost for her anyway it was like well i've i've won the tournaments i wanted to win why am i torturing myself at these events when I really don't actually have that much to prove, you know? Yeah, uh, I, absolutely. You know, I really feel, I really feel for her because I always felt like the, or especially in my era, the WPBA had a much solid foundation, much more solid foundation yeah. than the male had. So, you know, they've taken a huge drop off in the past five to eight years or yeah. whatever it may be. Uh, so I can definitely see where she's coming from. You know, when she was at the height of her career, well, I mean, she still is, she's winning, but when yeah. she was winning back 
10, 15 years ago, she was a part of an organization that just was so dominant and, and had such a uh, solid name in yeah. sports, you know, in on ESPN and, and wherever. Yeah. So I, I can definitely see where she's coming from. Oh, yeah. Well, and the strange part about it is, and, uh, you know, history repeats itself, obviously, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, apparently that's not the first time that cycle has happened to not oh. not just the, the men, but the WPBA also has gone through that. Uh, way early on with Billy Billing and uh, Gene Belukas, and then again yeah. with uh, in the Lori John era, and then uh, like you said, up recently, um, I I I feel bad for him too. I really do because th- there's yeah. so much potential there. I don't know the inner workings, so I don't know what uh, what the the key to you know what makes things go wrong like that when you've got such a good organization but uh, i hope they you yeah. know they pull out of the nosedive so to speak uh, you know i've seen some uh or heard i should say some they good should. there's some great young younger players coming up yes so they definitely should. absolutely true absolutely <laughs> true between that uh you know the, uh, that organization and now this strong junior scene that's developing mm-hmm we should be, you know, on the upswing here. You know, this is, yeah, we're moving forward uh, in theory. We just have to kind of like lay the proper groundwork, I suppose, is what the, of course. the men are, are facing the same sort of uh, scenario. You know, there's lots of yeah, good events out there. Like a little bit worse for us. Yes. Know? Sorry about that. No, it's okay because it's true. Um, we have never been, well, Let's say in the last uh, forty years, we had never been in a position that was as good as the women's position. Uh, however, that is changing. There are some strong events out there now, and I feel like we've just got to sew those things together in some cohesive way. You know, they're too individualized. Where, I don't. Where are the strong events? Well, you know, I, I say strong. You know, U.S. Open nine ball. It is a pretty well established event. That's the staple for our for our whole pool atmosphere, I believe. You know, a pool environment. That is the number one tournament. Is the U.S. Open. Right. I think other than that, you know, it's pretty tough to say there's another tournament that actually measures up. <laughs> there's nothing that measures up to the U.S. Open, especially in the United States. But True. it's tough. Well, right, yeah. and that's uh, they have they were in the right place at the right time, and we need more you know, individuals or companies to do the exact same thing. This this is the right time. I mean, holy crap, what what better time than now? <laughs> yeah. We kind of need it, Absolutely. you know, more so than ever, and it's harder and harder for the men to justify spending the time to practice and devoting all that to the game when you just can't get paid for it, you know? Yeah. It's too difficult nowadays. You know, one of the reasons, too, is I did play in one tournament at the beginning of the year that was – uh the World 8-Ball Series in New York, and great tournament, you know, and so many great players that showed up. It's just, it didn't make sense financially to go to that event and compete right. with all the best players in the world when, when you know, the cost of actually competing, the entry fee, the hotel, the flight in, the food, you know, you're stuck a, a reasonable amount of money before yes. you even hit a pool ball. Absolutely so, true. I mean, in, and you have to come in the top, top five or six places 
just to make your money back. And right. then after that, it's a bonus. Right. So, I mean, you have to reason that up and say, well, is it worth it? Is it really worth it to spend five days of my life in New York? And, yeah, winning the tournament would be awesome. You win one of the best tournaments with the best players in the world. But what's the long term for that? What does that mean afterwards? It doesn't really right. mean anything. It means you won a tournament. Right. Congrats. So it's, it's difficult. It's just so difficult right now. I think um, the only way pool is going to make it on, on – on our level is that if we actually shrink it by a lot and just uh, create tournaments with eight people, you know, who are the best in the United States and limited to United States players and, and then have like a small circuit that yeah. pays decent money for those players. Right. And I think that's the only way it's going to make its, its leap forward. Other than that, I see it getting down a lot, right. trying to get people to compete against <laughs> players who play so good and trying to make a living at it. Well, but, you're absolutely sorry, you're ran. absolutely right. <laughs> you really you're you are correct in the fact uh what the expense thing makes it in just out of most people's reach to fly back and forth to the most expensive city in the United States, you know. That's Yeah. Yeah. The same sort of thing applies in in a weird way for the Moscone Cup. You know, you to get oh. those points, you have to travel all these different events and do well at them. And if you don't, you've wasted a lot of money, you know, for nothing. Pretty much. For sure. It's tough. I'll tell you what, I mean, the Moscone Cup is the best tournament. We all strive for it year after year, but I think having the, the qualifying system that they have applied to it is one of the worst things that they could have done in pool. It's not the worst thing that they could have ever done, but it's using the ranking systems for some of the events that they've done it to. Just yeah. don't, doesn't make sense you know it doesn't make sense for me to to run across the country playing two to five thousand dollar added tournaments to, for my chance to participate in the moscone cup i mean it's just too tough yeah it's just too much of living for people who are trying to pursue yeah billiards as a well yeah and uh, and to take that problem even one step further is that the the tournament promoters and event you know uh hosts and what have you they're having to make the fields as large as humanly possible just to pay their bills. Yeah. It's prohibitively yeah. expensive to do small tournaments with high payouts just for that exact same reason. Well, on yeah, your it's, own. It's, you know, more unless... of a, it's an amateur sport, in, in my opinion. It's, it's, a, it's a hobby. You know, for most people to just go and play in league, yeah. play, and it makes sense for the promoter to get all those league players in one spot, which would be Vegas, you know, time and time again, or, or Valley Forge, sure. or, I mean, Super Bowl Expo. Mm -hmm. And then now you have the most people in a room yeah. competing. So now they make their money. So it makes sense in, from, from that aspect. But other than that, if, as, as a professional or having professional tournaments, it's too difficult. Right, right. No, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I've considered. We, I'm sure that so many people have thought that whole tournament system through. Um, I, it just surprises me that after this long, that some company or some individual has not just come out and sort of owned pool. I don't mean owning it in a bad way, but owning it as far as the way that Brunswick used to do, way that Brunswick used yeah. to do, they uh, hosted qualifiers and then at the end of the you know whatever the season was or at the end of the qualifiers they had a 16 man round robin 
everybody, you yeah. know, all those professionals got paid enough to where they could devote their life to be professionals. And the pros were toured around the country and showed off and, you know, paid for that too. Ever it was a win win yeah. for they were promoting David the actually, you know, the sales and and the tournaments promoted the sales and, you know, the whole circle was that. They're doing that. They're just doing it with amateurs. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, the professional side of things just does not exist anymore because it doesn't pay. You know, there's no reason to have it. I think that the people who do incorporate professionals into their tournaments know this, and it's just a tool for retention. You know, it's something else that nobody else does, and they're getting them at a good value. I think that's the only reason why there are some pro tournaments is because, hey, they can say – there are pros here, yeah. and gotta love them for that. You know, I think they do have heart and passion for the game, which is which comes first. Uh, but yeah, everything you just said about Brunswick is actually going on, just but it's in a league format instead of yeah. a table manufacturer. That is very true. You know, and I, I, ironically, we were having a discussion about this just the other day, and somebody said, "There's no money in pool, no money in pool," and I said, "Okay, but wait a minute." Think about add up. There's so much money in pool. There's so much money in pool. It's just split up between too many people. If, I mean, think about course, yeah. add up all the U.S. Opens, the nine ball, the ten ball, the straight pool, then uh, you know, uh, Zuglins, uh, the Derby City, uh, you know, all of it. Add the prize funds up for all those events, and that's hundreds of thousands Huge. of dollars. Huge, yeah. You know, the problem is, is we don't see that money is because it's being cut up and giving out to 25, 25% of the field. Right. Uh, I think that's why you need to make it uh, a lower number of professionals that compete so they have a bigger payday and it's something that you can promote to build the sport. Right. Because it's too difficult to have 128 players every time you go to the Turning Stone or a professional event. Right. And then you see the money breakdown. It just doesn't it just doesn't work. You know, it just it just doesn't seem interesting. Oh what? You're playing in a professional tournament and pays eight thousand for first? Well yeah, they talk about all the people who were down in the casino who made eight thousand last night shooting craps. You know, that's <laughs> the story. The story isn't who's gonna win the tournament. It's not interesting. I've I've been to Turning Stone a bunch of times. Great tournament. Josh Tour is great. It's really the New England tournament, but when you tell people what's first place, who are just spectators walking around the casino, right. they're kind of disappointed. You know, they're like, "Uh, oh, really? Huh. Yeah, really? You're a yeah, professional player? Like, yeah, you're a professional playing for eight thousand dollars, and they think they expect you to play for a hundred thousand or a million dollars. You know, because you're the most in your environment and, and or in your profession, and it's really not paying anything. Yeah. No, no, the, all the the guys at uh, the APA are collecting all that money. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, listen, they're also supplying something for that. You know, they're supplying a great league, and so is in CSI. And right. So are all leagues. Right. But they're just promoting it to a different type of person. They, they've done this. I mean, listen, if pros could make money, they would have pros involved. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you that. Yeah. If pros actually made money for the APA or the BCA on a – Regular basis, they would incorporate every professional into their formula. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. doesn't work. No, it's true. It's true. And yeah. right now, all we are is retention, Ret- retention for the industry. Yeah, in my opinion, we're just re- retention. You know, we we offer the sponsorship. Oh, we get the sponsorships that let some companies say that we're the best and they're using our product. Yes, that's it. Yeah, or some endorsements. Everything with yeah. everything with tournaments products. 
Yeah, and now even league systems, no less. Uh, the, apparently, Shane Van Boning is endorsing the BCAPL, so yeah, that's something uh, new and interesting. I, I suppose mm. it's along the same lines as you know grabbing up Florian and having him be like an APA rep or something. You know, they know that if he gets attention, they get attention too. So, of course, yeah. You know, that's the game as it is. That's the game that uh, the money game. The money game, the turtle cell yeah. game, that whole bit. Well, Absolutely. are you going to come back with a vengeance or something, or are you still just going to just chill and wait and see? I don't know. I mean, I'm waiting to see. I'm just watching, paying attention, tournaments, yeah. hearing, you know, listening and paying attention to what's going to happen in the future. Uh, if I do come back, I'm going to do it a whole differently, you know, a big different way of approaching things, or I don't know. You know, I just... I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Yeah. 2018 is going to be anything. So. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of uh, things to do in this world, obviously. You know. And oh, for sure. The pool is only one thing, so that's uh, that leaves you a lot of options, basically. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for ta- taking the time to chat with me, man. I appreciate it. No problem, David. Thank you for calling. Hey, it's not not no skin off my back uh the next time you're free come over to chicago and uh let's uh go shoot some balls around or something will do all right we'll talk to you later buddy take care bye take care Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is the Legends and Champions Report. I'm your host, Mark Cantrell. I am joined this week by Mr. Chris Schwartz of uh, California Billiards there in the wonderful San Francisco Bay Area. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Good. Um, real reason to, for having you on this week is the West Coast Swing will be coming up here in uh, not too, not too distant the future, and you know it's, it's something that's been kind of going for a, a, a number of years now, but now it seems like it's got its own mindset this year, this year, uh, its own identity. Yeah. Uh, so if if you can tell us how, how did the West Coast start before? this year what was it that led you to this point well um i am back in 2009 going way back when we originally put it together i should say i i probably originally put it together um it was to piggyback and help get players um from the east coast and from the midwest out to the west coast um because most of them go to las vegas and play BCA and the big tournaments that CSI puts on. Uh, so I, I started to get to a point to where I, I wanted to see some of the pro players come in. I wanted my, my clientele to see pro players that they've never seen before. So the idea was to put up a, a bunch of money and try to uh, lock in just before CSI uh, Open was going on in, in Las Vegas. And that's pretty much where it started. And um, what ended up happening was the first year went pretty well with pretty much just me um, trying to run a one pocket and run a 10 ball. 
Um, and then that gained a little bit of traction. So the next year um, we looked at adding more pool rooms and then considered it a swing. Um, it really wasn't a swing the first year. Uh, we came up with a swing the second year and tried to put three rooms together uh, on a path to Vegas um, just to get you know players out here to play. So that was the start. Um, and it's kind of grown since then, um, a little at a time, a little bit at a time, gotten obviously great players. We've had Earl, I've had, um, you know, uh, uh, Van Boning. I've had, you know, pretty much every player you can think about here, uh, either one year or another. Um, and, and it's been a success pretty much for me. And I think uh, the other two pool rooms that, that slide along with it. Um, so at least we're not losing money. We're uh, we're breaking even, and that's always our, our our happy point is when a pool room can put a bunch of money and break even, we're happy, happy. So, Yeah, that's not easy. That's not easy to do. Um, I, I understand all the expenses. Well, no, I take, I take that back. From events that I've done, I understand what the expenses are, and sometimes you don't know what you don't know and right. until, until somebody holds their hand out and says, oh, here's you forgot about me. Oh, yeah, crap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so getting to that point is a is a is a great thing. And so now this year, yourself and uh, Daniel Bush have been work, trying to work hand in hand, I guess, to uh, make things as, as structured as structured as possible uh, for this West Coast swing. And who who is which pool rooms are involved and what. The original pool rooms are all still involved from back in the day, and uh, that would be Family Billiards in San Francisco. Um, they normally do theirs July 1st and 2nd. Um, he's doing about 2,500 added. It's called the Cold Dixon Memorial. Um, and then I start up uh, what's called the West Coast Challenge. Um, this year, we're because of July 4th landing on Tuesday, um, and normally my West Coast Challenge starts on Wednesday. I decided to throw in a tournament, one-day tournament, on July 4th, um, and that's a $2,500 added, $300 entry, 16-player pro, 10-ball basically is what it is. Um, and then from there we go July 5th to 7th, which is a $5,000 added, uh, one pocket. Uh, and then after that we go July 7th through 9th, which is a $10,000 added, uh, 9-ball. Um, this year, we've been lucky enough to, to lock up uh, Tony Chohan and Dennis Ocolio for their $100,000 action match. So that goes on July 11th through 14th. Uh, and then I get to take a break and watch the end um, at Hard Times in Bellflower, and they do a 3000 added, and that goes July 15th and 16th. And then after that's all done, I take a break for about three weeks and hide because I'm pretty much worn out. So, <laughs> right. The, now, so it goes back down to LA after you, right? Is so that, it starts. It starts in San Francisco, then goes to Fremont, then goes to Los Angeles, Bellflower, and then that way they travel from Los Angeles up to, to Vegas, Vegas and, and do all the all the good stuff that's going on in Vegas. Right. Um, and so the Chohan and Okolo, that's a, that's going to be a free stream uh, again, uh, yeah, like every, it was with Okolo and Scott. 
Everything on the West Coast swing is streamed for free. There's nothing as pay-per-view. So every single room that goes all the way from July 1st to July 16th, every tournament and every match in the, in, in that is all free streamed. So it's all – no money has to be put up. <clears throat> you're gonna you're gonna have a busy July, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Are you are you gonna you're not gonna go up to Vegas? Unfortunately, I I, I have to I have two children and a wife that you know uh, give me <laughs> they, they give me a give me a break for two weeks, but after that I'm pretty much sticking with them. I'd love to be able to do it, but when it comes to doing this, get, getting this whole thing together, and actually being here for pretty much 20 hours of the day each day by the time it's done. I'm one of those kind of people that I love you when you come here and I want you the heck out of the door when the last day comes because it's just, you know, we, we get tired. And, and I think everybody out there that does stuff like this understands exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Um, so are you going to be um – are you full for the for the the tournaments? Is is everywhere got uh, everybody signed up? They need to, and if not, who do they need to contact if they want to play in the West Coast Challenge or the Cold uh, Dixon? So this year we've tried to make it easy. Um, we actually have one place where they can go and pick up entry fees for any of the uh, the tournaments that are on there, and that's povpool.com, and that's through Daniel Bush. They can also call each and every one of the rooms um, and sign up uh, through the phone. They can sign up by mail, sign up on Facebook. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it, um, but it, we, we've, we're starting to get entries now. Um, I've probably got about 10 players already filled up on the 16-player pro tournament, so that one's filling up pretty quick. Um, but, you, you know, I, I, not, to, not to put a bad bad uh, face on pool players, but they like to wait until the last minute to sign up. So yeah, I, I expect to start seeing everything starting to fill within the last two weeks or so before the tournament starts. So there we go. Yeah, you know what? Well, I'm, I'm keep thinking about it. Um, I, I might come up there to uh, see what's going on, you know, and uh, come to a tournament outside of Vegas. I, I, I'm a little bit worn out with Vegas at the moment. Uh, yeah, it'd be good. You know, it'd be good for you to come out and take a look. I used to live there. Um, well, I used to live in Castro Valley. You know, Castro okay. Valley. Yep, I'm not too far from it. Yeah, uh, he's got Union City there as well, right? But, uh, Union yes, City sir. right by Fremont? Yes, sir. I actually grew up in Union City, so <clears throat> that's where I'm from. So I'm not too far away. Yeah, and even from where I lived in Castro Valley, right. it was once I, I get on the freeway and uh, 580 or 680, right. it's uh, a hop, skip, and a jump to the Bay Bridge. Yeah, and into, absolutely. Into San Francisco, so I might, I might want to come and uh, see some pool and support you guys, and uh, go and uh, have a wander yeah. around San Francisco. My wife's never been to Alcatraz, so maybe I should uh, take her there. She might, she might like that's that. I- that's a great idea. Sounds good. 
Well, um, is there anybody else, any sponsors there that you'd like to uh, thank? I know you're putting up a, a, a big chunk of the money yourself. I don't know. What, do you have any of the sponsors that you'd like to? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So this is the first, you know, I've been doing, and we've been doing this since, like I said, about 2008, 2009. We've never really reached any sponsors. I've pretty much, we've all, all the pool, play, all the pool rooms have put up their own money. Um, this year we decided... To, to go ahead and take a crack at sponsorship and see who wanted to jump on board. Um, surprisingly, um, we had um, a, a really good turnout when it comes to sponsors. So, um, our biggest and our our biggest sponsor we have uh, this year is West State Billiards. Um, they've jumped on board, um, covering a lot of the streaming. Um, so that's why we're most of the streaming is free. Uh, we've also got. Um, Go play pool, pool, Tom Tips. Um, uh, uh, geez, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, and, and there's a bunch of sponsors, um, big time threads out of Arizona, uh, JD Cases, Tiger Cues, uh, uh, and a few. And there's a few other ones. There's some smaller ones out there. And we're actually to this day. Even this morning, um, I've got more and more that are coming on board. So, um, oh, so awesome. that's, that's good. If it can alleviate you from some of those expenses, you know, make it uh, uh, more worth your while. I know you're just looking to break even, and you're doing it for the good of the sport and uh, the yeah, area. And for, and right. Community. And for me, for me, the more sponsors that I can get, the more money that I can put out. I mean, I'm not. I'm not in the business to to get sponsors to cover the added money I'm throwing in. That that's gonna. I've always put the added money up, and I'll continue always to put the added money up. And extra sponsors I get if they cover the back expenses and give me av- availability of putting more money up into the added, then that's where it goes. And and you know it's we're, we're doing really good this year. There's a lot of money involved in it, and next year looks like it's going to be. A lot bigger. Looks like I got some sponsors already set up for next year. I know we have another pool room that might be jumping on board and making the swing even bigger um, with quite a bit of money that they're putting in as well. So I think this year is just kind of the start of really putting ourselves on the map on the West Coast during the July period. Um, I think next year you're going to probably see everybody on, on the West Coast because every event that we're looking at right now is is, is pretty substantial, and it'll probably put anywhere between sixty to eighty thousand in added money just between probably four pool rooms. So it's it's a it's a pretty good amount of money for pool rooms to put up um, just before obviously Vegas comes. And and if these challenge matches keep going, which is something we're looking at for next year too, it's just another uh, reason to have people jumping on board. So. Yeah, I can really see how we could uh, grow, and especially leaving uh, L.A. If you're coming through Phoenix, I'm sure with Scott Frost opening his new place, he might right. uh, want to jump in on that and have a challenge match there and a tournament there as well. And then it's, you know, it's either a 45-minute flight or a five-hour drive Yeah, to, to well, that's the one Right, and that's the one thing that I can't stress enough about most of the rooms that are on the West Coast, and I would say 90%, 90% of them, we all work together to try to get things going. We don't step on each other's foots. We always talk to each other, make sure 
that our tournaments are always either supporting others or we don't put, you know, tournaments on top of others. And we've worked always, I've always worked really well with Mark Griffin, CSI. I've worked really well with Lenny out of Arizona, also with Scott Frost. So I can't wait for that pool room to open because I'm sure that's just going to be another venue that we can we can lock up for anything on the West Coast. And in L.A., uh, Sacramento, Portland is actually looking like they might come on board. So there's a few rooms up there that are looking at too. So it's, it's a good thing for the pool community when – the owners are actually all talking to each other and trying to get things, you know, in step so everybody. So it makes it it makes it great for the pool players. It makes it great for the the pros to be able to schedule stuff ahead of time and 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 lock in flights and and be able to go down a road where you can stop multiple times and and play in tournaments as you're heading one way. So right, yeah, that's uh, it's good that you're all working together and. Uh, uh, I I wish you the very best of luck for this year, and uh, anybody who gets a chance to watch it, I know there's going to be some great players there um, at, at each of these events. Uh, you know, because a lot of, like you said, a lot of them are heading to Vegas, and uh, you guys, when you with the accumulative prize money you guys are putting up, it really makes it worthwhile for uh, the top guys to come out there and. Uh, you know, not be out for four days and have to go back to New York and come back for four days, you know. It's all right. one big... It's a swing, obviously. So, right. um, but yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate your time, Chris, and we appreciate everything that you're doing for the sport, uh, not only uh, in your area, but, you know, it means something to everybody because we all get to watch it even if we can't be there in, per- in uh, person you know so right right we right. appreciate and I, yeah like i said i appreciate you guys too anything that gets out the word to to the players and the and the fans out there is always something i'm behind so awesome <clears throat> well thank you very much and maybe i'll see you in san francisco uh, okay buddy. all right thank nice you. Talking to you yep well, that's it this week from the Legends and Champions Report. Um, sounds like July is going to be a great month for, for pool here in the United States, especially the western side of the United States. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot to, uh, to watch as well. So I um, hope you all can uh, tune in if you can't make it there in person. Until next week. We will see you later.